start the recording. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Dreamers Succeed podcast. And folks, today is the perfect example of why I call them episodes. Uh, you probably sense it in my voice, but I am so excited that I get to share today's guest with all of you. Dr. Rob Bell is a sports psychologist, a mental toughness coach, a speaker, a consultant, the author of seven books so far, all on mental toughness, uh, host of the highly acclaimed 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness podcast. He is an Ironman endurance athlete, and most importantly, a husband and father of two wonderful kids. Now, I'm going to tell you, I could be here all day just listing his accolades, but I'd like to get on with the show. And the only thing I would like to add is that he is a remarkably generous and just an all-around wonderful human being. So please help me welcome Dr. Rob. Woo! So nice, Berta. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Thank you for honoring me with this time. And I know you're going to be a blessing to our audience. So how are things, Rob? Yeah, they're really good. I, I just think every time I get to speak with you, it's like... Um, Anybody that gets in contact with you, I think, just becomes a better human being. So it's, oh, it's always ditto, very cool. Ditto, ditto. So thank, thank you. Thank you for that. So listen, it's hard to believe we're nearly halfway through 2021, right? I still haven't even finished my grapes from New Year's Eve. <laughs> but but that's that's where we are. So Dr. Rob, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what's your nutshell? Yeah, I mean, so you, you mentioned it. I mean, mental toughness is what I yeah. think about when I wake up and you know, in the middle of the day, and it's what, uh, you know, what I digest in the evening, too. So it's always mm -hmm. about how we be the best at getting better. So I mean, I've been blessed to work with tons of different athletes at uh, pro level, collegiate level. And especially since last year, I mean, the executive athletes have, have picked up. Now, I always say everyone's an athlete, our office is just different. <laughs> so, to, you know, it's not like just because we're not a soccer player doesn't mean we're an athlete. We're all athletes mm -hmm. because we're competing against the most difficult opponent. And that's that's our own mind. Mm -hmm. And um, I've just been blessed to follow this path. I knew early on um, after a hinge moment that I had what it was that I want to do with my life. So that was kind of tattooed in my soul. And I just never veered from that. I love it. I love it. So so let's and I'm glad you brought it up. So let's talk about that that hinge moment, because I know in your book, the hinge, you talk about how every door has a hinge. And if not, it's a wall, right? right. And, and you also talk about those those pivotal moments that change everything for us, right? And, and can you elaborate a bit, maybe share with us your hinge moment? I have the pleasure of knowing it, but I know it's, it's a hell of a story. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, and I think we have multiple hinge moments throughout our life. Mm -hmm. You know, often we don't know the impact of one person, one moment, or one event, mm -hmm. sometimes till weeks, months, years later. Mm -hmm. But the tragedies that happen in our life, they they are immediate because from that moment on, everything is different. Mm -hmm. And if you ever hear about doors opening and closing in life, that's that's because of the hinge. Mm -hmm. If you ever hear of like a rusty door, it's it's not the door that's rusty, it's mm -hmm. the hinge that's rusty. It's amazing. And I'm a big advocate, no matter how bad a situation is, no matter how bleak an outcome looks, it only takes one. It's only going to take one person to turn our entire life around. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're getting ready for. We just don't know when that moment's coming, right? We, right? we can't connect the dots looking forward. We can only connect the dots looking backwards and seeing the impact. Right. But um, yeah, one of my hinge moments happened in college when 
when I went to a division two school thinking my 84 mile an hour fastball was going to get me to the major leagues. That was my myopic viewpoint at that juncture. And I just had no idea about the hard work and effort and determination that you had to put into it. So I was not mentally tough. Sometimes I still don't even consider myself mentally tough, but I'm only good at one thing and I've never given up. And, uh, so when I get to college, uh, interesting thing happened really my senior year in high school. Well, probably earlier than that. It was in high school, but senior year really took off. I think I got an A plus in this thing called partying. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, never missed a class there. Yeah. Right. And, um, so when I get to college, there was partying and baseball and no accountability, like what could possibly go wrong. Right. Right. And for some reason, we are partying, and, and this was a Division two school in West Virginia, so West Virginia has a lot of hills, a lot of mountains, a lot of mm-hmm. rolling mountains, and for some reason, this is after midnight, nothing good happens after midnight, right. and we are partying near this cliff, and I end up walking off an 80-foot cliff. I didn't jump, I wasn't pushed, I just absolutely had no idea where I was, and I hit once, I'm laying at the bottom of this crevasse, my broken back, uh, head, gosh. arms, oh my I mean, gosh. but I was alive and I was conscious mm-hmm. during the whole time. Mm-hmm. They take me to the hospital where my mom's a nurse. Wow. Right. Oldest of nine Catholic family. No sympathy on me whatsoever. This happens <laughs> on a Friday. I'm back to school on Monday. Like, I just want to come home for a couple of days, mom. I just want to go back there. Now, when I'm back at campus, now I'm that guy. Wow. And you never want to be that guy. No. Oh, that that's the guy right there that fell off the cliff. And I mean, just <laughs> limping around and, you know, having a rector set on my arm, but I was alive. Wow. And that was the hinge moment because from that moment on, everything was different and baseball was no longer going to be in that future, but our worst moment does become our best moment. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have taken that psychology class. I wouldn't have had that professor that impacted in my soul. This is what I want to do with my life. And that's wow. help athletes, coaches, and teams on mental toughness. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And, and Rob, when you, when you found yourself and, and, and the beauty of being conscious through the whole thing, when you found yourself there, was there anything that just immediately crossed your mind? I mean, I I can't even imagine, but I, was there something that, that, and you say that, that, that first of, of the most noticeable hinge moments, was there something that, that, switched in you that maybe you knew things were going to be different well i'm a two by four kind of guy mm-hmm. you have to take a two by four and hit me over the yeah. head that for me yeah. to get it and i didn't get it at that point if you believe that like wow. it was my worst moment up to date i still didn't get it wow because what happens when now you are dealing with a lot of emotional pain and, and physical pain well you you numb it like you just don't you know, now I had to deal with messing up uh, an embarrassment that I thought and like no longer playing baseball. So my whole identity was rocked. So I threw myself into partying even harder because now the emotional pain that I was going through and that happened at the beginning of my freshman year, the end of my freshman year, then I was in a car accident. I was in a drunk driving accident, a single car. Wow. And that was the moment there, Berta, that finally got me. Um, you know, again, I'm not the tail, I'm not the tail of, uh, just one, mm-hmm. uh, it takes a lot of moments for me to kind of mm-hmm. get it, but thankfully I was alive. And when, when you mentioned that though, when I got to grad school, mm-hmm. 
at Temple University, I wasn't going to blow it because I knew throughout those experiences, I was given us another shot. Right. And there's a Lance Armstrong quote, whatever you think about Lance, I mean, that's irrelevant when it comes to this, but he said, if you ever get a second chance in life, you got to go all the way. Wow. And I always held on to that one because I wasn't going to blow that shot. And that was then the moment and the impact that it made in my mentality and, and my path. That's amazing. And 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 how all these these two by fours and these hinge moments really led you to develop your own mental toughness, it sounds like, so that you can bring that. But I, I love something that you just said, Dr. Rob, about that professor, that professor that that really breathed life into my goodness, this is this is what I want to do with with my whole life. And I know that you've coached many successful athletes, you're an endurance athlete yourself. Uh, let me see what you completed in a full Ironman, competed in ultra marathons, numerous other races. You even had a hole in one. And that's not something anybody can say. Uh, you golf, you swim, you screw, you, you, you ski, you run. You're just an all around high performance athlete. What was it that did it for you that that put you in the psychology framework, but but had you sort of specialize in this space? So my daughter will tell me sometimes whenever we're playing like daddy like you're great at everything and i always have to correct her and i said no honey i said i can i can pick something up pretty quick i can play it twice i said i'm good at a lot of things but i'm not great at anything you know so i mean because i always my curiosity on, on doing different things is is what drove me but the um I mean, I really think about it like this. It was sports was just the avenue of, and the reason why it was sports so much is because sports, there's no ambiguity. You know, mm. with life, there's so much ambiguity, right? Like, wow, man, we got a $100,000 contract. That's wonderful. I mean, well, is it really, or is that just going to help our cocaine habit? You know what I mean? Right, it's like, there's, right. there's so much ambiguity there. So it's like yeah. with sports and yeah, and it's like you make the shot or you don't. And mental toughness when we're dealing with these half two moments mm -hmm. like the you know you're, you're naked in front of the gods when you're performing out there right. and nothing's going to be able to save you and even though we're going to fall on our face and have these failures and setbacks it is about to come back mm -hmm. but there's no ambiguity there like we are going to mm -hmm. and we can see it and that's why i always gravitated towards the sport environments oh. um the part about my own journey and the only part that I'm really, really good at is just never giving up. Oh, and so it. I don't have the speed anymore. So I like to put myself in highly stressful environments where never giving up is simply the reward. Like if you don't give up, you will be successful. And right. that's the skill that I think transfers to life so much is if you don't right. give up, what I really believe is that you will be successful. It shows us that I love it. because it has so far. Yeah. Summit or die. That's what I always say. As soon as I take that first step on a mountain, I'm going to summit or I'm going to die, but, I'm, right. but I'm not going to give up. So, but I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I want to talk about Puke and Rally. I love this book and the concept behind it. So you talk about how you just said, it's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. So let's, let's go there for just a moment. And I, I think you started to touch on it a little bit. And I, and especially when it comes to your kids, I know that, that, that your kids, your family, you're such a, a, a dedicated family man. Um, with your kids, with your clients, however you want to, you want to, you know, elaborate on it. But tell me a little bit about the importance of us and what can we do to make sure that we are focusing 
on that comeback. I, I read it and, and I really, really enjoyed it. But I want you to talk a little bit about how we make sure that that setback does not become a, a setback that we can't recover from. Yeah. We're all going to, well, we've all puked, mm -hmm. right? Every single one of us has. And, and it was interesting because even with the book, I didn't know that not all animals could throw up. Like rats lack the ability to throw up. That's why mm -hmm. rat poison works. You know, I had no idea, but it's like, so we're all going to have these setbacks. The only way we're never going to have these setbacks is just don't do anything in right. life. Right. And then you're just leading kind of a different kind of life. So, yeah. I mean, it's people that, and I believe that, that have that passion, that have that burning desire in their soul to make an impact, to, to be of worth to other people. And so when we are going to be going out on that journey, or even if we are on that journey, we are going to have setbacks. And the setbacks can vary, right? From financial hardships to somebody saying we're not good enough. I mean, the list is really endless. Wow. So knowing that going in, that we're going to have setbacks. The thing that they never told us, Berta, they never told me, was that when we, in that cliche, right? Like fall down seven, get up eight. Mm -hmm. What sounds nice. Yeah. They do not tell us that when you fall down seven times that you remember the third and fourth time you fell down. So that's when all the head trash comes back because when you have the the setback is all the head trash of not being good enough and see i can't do it is what comes back and that's the part that we really need to overcome and what that's i believe and i know to be true is that if we can just overcome that one mistake because that that setback it doesn't lead to greater ones and that's the problem is we, we keep uh, adding on to it and then we go down that rabbit hole of not being good enough mm -hmm. and that's the real difficult part the way that we come back it's simple it's through connection with other people we can allow mm -hmm. other people in our lives to breathe that confidence in us and that inspiration and positivity and that's how we're able to come back because you know no one gets there alone it's we can't do this journey by mm -hmm. ourselves and that's mm -hmm. the part that's so important is um, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You show me the connections, man, I'll show you your level of confidence. That's amazing. I love that. And and I love how in the book you you elaborate on on that mistake is just a mistake. It's when we become that mistake that then we figure, okay, this is this is the rabbit hole and this is who we are. And you start labeling yourself and identifying as the mistake instead of seeing it for just a mistake that you can overcome and leave it there and, and you move on. So I love how, how you get into that in the book, but you just said something. And I think, I think it's one of those things. And I know that you're very, uh, a firm believer in that no one gets there alone. So that element of team, can you talk to us a little bit about that importance and what do you tell your kids specifically about that whole concept of, you know, Tell me who you hang around with and I'll tell you who you are sort of thing. Like our grandmas yeah. used to say. <laughs> it is still a work in progress, Berta. Like yeah. I'm trying my best, yeah. you know, but it's, um, well, we need others in our life. If you think about it, it's, you know, we need um, teammates to help encourage us, right? We need coworkers to help encourage us. We need coaches to be able to teach us, to be able to show us. And then we need competitors to be able to test us, to see where we are. Mm -hmm. You know, every, we all need somebody like even the Lone Ranger, right? Even the Lone Ranger right. had Tonto. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's when we just know that fact, it's being able to connect with other people 
that have similar dreams and goals, but that are willing to go on the journey with you. So the way that I see it too often is when we get like depressed, right? When, Mm -hmm. when life becomes overwhelming, you know, and not to make light of it at all, there's a hotline that people put out there and it's great and it's needed. Mm -hmm. You know, that's about connection. The part that goes deeper is we have to have that network of people already built up before those moments come. Because if not, if we're trying to reach out when we are depressed, well, what happens is we isolate. And when we isolate, nothing grows in the dark. And that's Mm -hmm. really the tough time. Because like if anybody listening loses confidence, it's exactly what we do. We start to isolate. It's only when we're confident and things are going well. And those are the times that we have to build up that network of people that we know, like, and trust and that we can be vulnerable with. That's how that connection works. Man. Wow. And, and, and Rob, do you think that it's that we're just not having the conversation enough that we are not talking maybe about, about mental illness is still somewhat of a taboo and we're not really equipping our kids, you know, especially uh, from the level of an education other than what yeah. our parents can do. Well, it's, it's a good part. See, the part that I think, especially with the kids, is we we remove the barriers for them, thinking that that is the way. But all we're doing is we're creating the path for the child. We're not creating the child for the path. Yeah. So allowing them to experience that adversity, getting cut from a team, striking out with the bases loaded, right? Getting rejected. It sucks. It's horrible. Not, it's and not, not getting the trophy because right, you didn't earn right. it. Yeah. yeah and, it's, and it's awful. And it's not a good feeling. Yeah. But then you let me know a better teaching moment for that, right? Because what are we going to do? We're going to blame um, somebody else. We're going to play the victim. Or are we going to be like, okay, now what? Like, if you want to get better, what's the effort that you are really doing in order to get that goal? Because that's the real lesson there. So that's the part that I think of. We don't develop that coping skills of how to overcome that adversity. And only when we develop those skills and you know, are we able to get better at it later in life when it becomes, you know, more meaningful and more important? Yeah. And it's building that muscle because I know you talk about how, how the brain is a muscle, just like everything else. And we have to really elaborate and build the muscle and grow that toughness, if you will. So, and I know speaking of teens, I want to pivot for just a second, because I know that a lot of your coaching and training and speaking today is done in the corporate space very successfully, I might add. And, and as you mentioned before, you believe that everyone is an athlete. Our offices are just different. So what is the, especially when, when we're talking about team, what is the greatest issue that you're seeing these days as far as mental toughness or lack of mental toughness in light of this pandemic that we're just coming out of? Same thing, man. We're isolated. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing that I saw was different is like when we were connected with other people in, in the moving parts, right? I'm thinking of like the physical environment. I, I could just walk over to you say, hey, Berta, mm-hmm. how's it going? Right. You know, um, do you, I'm getting some coffee. Do you want to get some coffee? In that that shoulder-to-shoulder relationship, you know, that, that kind of takes place. Now, now we have to, we had to set up a, a Zoom call in order to do it. It's mm-hmm. not there's anything wrong with that, but it's like we need those constant points of reminders in order to stay connected with other people because, you know, the, the isolation piece just happens naturally. Wow. And that's the part that I've always seen that's going to be different, especially then when it comes to teams is um, we, we lack that connection and we lack yeah. that physical connection that we need. 
Yeah. Do you think that the pandemic made it worse or do you think that there was already a decline in that connection? Well, I think there was already a decline. Uh, I think what was happening is relationships, you know, just occurred online more often mm -hmm. than not. Mm -hmm. And I think it really illuminated um, because in one hand, then that's all we had were those online relationships for a while. But then when we go back um, to online relationships, they're, they're just, they don't sustain the level of substance that we need in our lives to feed our soul and to keep us motivated and keep us going um it's kind of a substitute mm -hmm. it's like perfume you yeah. know it's nice to smell but just don't drink it yep yeah and and that's what i think you know we fell into yeah yeah and i and i can see that so so dr rob how are you breathing life into these challenges that that these organizations are facing and and what can you if you can give two or three just tips on what organizations should be doing right now, especially as we begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there was so much talk about how the organizations are showing up for their team members in light of all of this. What are you, what are you telling them? I think what is most important, and this is probably something I've discovered within probably the last year, mm -hmm. is two pieces. One, uh, gratitude, because I think gratitude is memory of the heart. If we don't have gratitude, it's it's tough to be hateful and grateful at the same time. So how are we expressing that gratitude to our team members? And that's where it ties in the second piece is recognition. Like people need to be recognized for the things that they're doing well. And how are we recognizing them? How are we letting them know that what they do and who they are as an individual matters because they're present? You know, um, Mr. Rogers had a pretty epic quote, right? He said, being special means or, or I'm sorry, like um, being loved means you don't need to do anything special in order to be loved. And just the fact of one's presence that are going to be there is so important. So how are we recognizing that and how are we grateful for mm -hmm. it? You know, and a lot of times it's coming back to, um, you know, the simple waves, the please, the thank yous, mm -hmm. but just those, those check-ins with individuals. And then at a bigger level, how are we really recognizing those that are going above and beyond? are doing um, great for our team right right those are the two things that i really think are important the gratitude and then the recognition that's huge i love that and i and i think it's funny because we've you know i've done some work in the corporate space and i read an article last year about how you know employers and 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 heads of organizations think that what people want most is you know better pay or a raise um good benefits and top three things and vacation or whatever. Um, and, and that didn't even make the top 10 list. It was, it was really about what you're saying, you know, being recognized, being, being recognized as part of a team. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's a big deal. And would you say that, that as a society, maybe as a whole, and I think COVID may have shifted that a bit, we had become so conditional. Oh, no question. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we need to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. when, when we, I mean, think of any kind of movement, right. It's always been something bigger than ourselves. Right. We need to feel good at what we do. Like we're mm -hmm. competent mm -hmm. and we need to uh, feel that we're autonomous, that we can make decisions on our own. If any of those three are lacking, that's when motivation 
really takes a hit and it starts to decline. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I can see that. And do you think motivation or lack of motivation, it, you know, as we're out there trying to, to work on these teams and really recalibrating these organizations that you're helping as, as athletes and executive athletes, as you mentioned, um, is, is important. That's good. I love it how you like set me up because you just kind of throw me a slow pitch <laughs> softball questions. It's like, hey, Rob, why don't you knock this one out? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the human spirit is driven by that need to have purpose in our lives. And when we have purpose, it involves other people. The mission statements that are out there that don't involve other people just really aren't effective mission statements. Yeah. It's the, and, and that's what it is too. It's like, I, I, sometimes when I'm speaking, I'll bring this story up that when Brett Favre won the Super Bowl trophy, right? Brett Favre, 1996 with the Packers, very, very emotional player. Mm -hmm. He would cry after wins, he would cry after losses, and he holds up the Super Bowl trophy. And he said, Is that it? And I was like, like what do you what do you mean is that it? Like what what else could there be, right? It's like the Super Bowl, like any kind of NFL. If you're an NFL player, winning the Super Bowl has to be it. And so he said, is that it? And then I went back and then I researched this in detail. Chuck Knoll, after winning, he won four Super Bowls. After every Super Bowl, he would go through a month of depression. Mm -hmm. Bill Walsh, after winning his third Super Bowl, felt like an outsider right in the locker room moments after winning because he knew he was done with the team. Wow. And the number of players that say, hey, winning was a relief. So no one's ever going to say losing the Super Bowl is better than winning the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that at all. Right. But the process is more important than the product. So when I was speaking to NFL coaches, I said, I want you to just picture in your head for a second the Super Bowl that you won. And what's the image in your head? Because I doubt the image in your head was you in a big bubble bath with just the Lombardi trophy right there. Like, I just don't think that was the image. What I think it was is you thought back to the people that were with you on this journey and the adversity that you overcame and how much that meant. So it's always getting back to the process is more important than the product. And it's the people involved that are going to be on that process. We want the product. It's great, man. But it's like, you know, even when you climb Mount Kilimanjaro, how long are you at the very top yeah. compared to the months of, of planning and preparation mm -hmm. and then helping people along on that yeah. whole journey? And that's why yeah. the process is more important than the product. And it's always getting back to relationships and people. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And listen, even going back and thinking about that, that first coach that you had uh, when you were playing, I mean, all those things. And, and you said something that really, really hit me, Rob. I've never been, I don't think I've ever at least felt like I've suffered from depression. But when I got back from, from Killy and we had been training and planning for nine months, we, we really created a cohesive team. Even before we met, we 23 climbers, seven days on this mountain. And let me tell you, when I got back from that trip, I got back in October, around end of November, December, I fell into the shithole of shitholes. And I had never felt like that before. And I was, I was just like, now what? Now what? And it, it, it was, it was, it was very, it was very, um, I don't know. It was, it was weird, but you're right. It has nothing to do with the happy was the struggle and the getting ready and the planning and the knowing the people and the knowing the kids we were serving. Uh, absolutely. Right. I thank you for that because that was, that was a, 
a big one for me. So Dr. Rob, if we looked you up in the dictionary, what would it say? Oh man. <laughs> uh, I've never been asked that question before. It's interesting. If you look me up in the dictionary, you'll probably have, um, probably say F-U-N, big capital, big capital letters. Love it. Um, crazy man who's a little bit off of his kids more than anything and uh, and never gave up and say that was it i love it good i love that i can totally see that so what is your holy shit factor you know that that thing that makes you truly unique that when people hear it they're like oh holy shit that's so dr rob the yeah i, I don't recommend this but my favorite words in life are I'm in. And so I'm in opens us up to a lot of different adventures and different experiences. Right. But when it's faced with a, Hey Rob, do you want to like do a half Ironman on Saturday? I'm in. <laughs> and so I'll do those things. I throw myself into that and, you know, not with necessarily the, the most respect for the challenge, and but that has given me the fodder for um, books and right. and the experiences. So all my what do you, what do you call them? Oh shit moments. Yeah, holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> were um, doing things with without proper training, but just being able to do it to uh, for the experience and adventure. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. So Rob, I, I love your books. Uh, and I know that you've written many books and I know you have still many books to write, but what are you reading these days? Oh, I'm, I'm reading right now, the hero code. Um, mm. and the hero code with, um, you know, military veterans in terms nice. of, of that, uh, Beautiful. I'm reading another book around the year with Nick Murray, um, and that's just, that's sort of like an everyday uh, thought process there for a financial advisor. So I always got a couple that are going on, but those are the two that I'm reading right now. Nice. Good question. Good. Now I've timestamped myself. Now I'll go back and be like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there you go. I love it. I love it. So Rob, I'm super grateful that you've made the time. I know that you're busy. I know that everybody wants a piece of you. So I, I am truly honored that you made the time and, and blessed us with, 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 all this information. I know you've been a blessing to me since our first conversation. So can you tell our audience how they can find you? Yeah. Um, pukeandrallybook.com is the website for, for that one. And then uh, my website is just uh, drrobbell.com, D-R-R-O-B-B-E-L-L. -L. And I'm active on all social media that uh, that way as well. And hey, let's do this, Berta. Let's have a, a giveaway, a book giveaway. You, let's you pick do it. The, yeah. You pick one of the listeners and you let me know who wins it and I'll send them a copy of a signed I copy of Puke and Rally. I love it. Okay, guys, you heard it here. So time to time to engage. But seriously, folks, my recommendation is look up Dr. Rob, follow him, uh, pick up his books if you want to really master this area of mental toughness and, and just do it in a in a really fun, engaging story way that that he has about about his writing. Rob, any last parting words before we sign off? Anybody that comes in contact with you, Berta, is just a better individual. So it's really, I mean, I appreciate those kind of words, but it's, uh, it really comes back to you. I mean, you, you, I think you bring that the best out in people. So it's really cool. 
I appreciate you, Dr. Robin. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for your friendship and thank you for being that light in, in all things mental toughness because we need to be paying attention to that. So folks, you heard it here. Go out there and do good and be great and go play outside. Bye, y'all.